do you think your work here, your research, is going to make the world a better place? I think it should because we looked up a lot of research on gun violence, and I think people will be really proud of it. From KYW News Radio in Philadelphia, this is Scroll Down. I'm Tom Rickert. Today on the podcast, I wanted to find out why people wanted to buy guns and um, how other students in my school felt about gun violence. I've been watching the news, and every day, I be it be talking about people getting hurt by guns, and that's just not right. In North Philly, a fifth grade class tackles a heavy subject and gets interrupted by a sudden dose of real life. The project dealt with gun violence outside the school, and here, while they were compiling all of their information, there was an incident. Dealing with our own gun scare lockdown while we were working on our project. Her gun was missing, and her eighth grade son may have taken it to school. Mike DiNardo normally sits right in front of me in the newsroom, but today you've moved all the way over to sitting right in front of me in the big studio. (laughs) Mike, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Anytime. Happy to be here. I'm Mike DiNardo. I'm a reporter for KYW News Radio. You cover a lot of things at KYW News Radio. A big one is education, the schools in the city. You told me about one elementary school in particular that you visited where fifth graders were working on a project that stuck with you. Yeah, we're talking about Duckery Elementary at 15th and Diamond, and the students there in Sarah Sarah Watts' fifth grade classroom. And you're a teacher here? Yes, I go by Miss Watts. Miss Watts. (laughs) We're working on a project that they've been working on for a while. As a teacher, I've been working with the National Liberty Museum for several years. I actually used to work there as well, and they have a program there called the Young Heroes Outreach Program. So this year, as in years past, we've elected to participate. That is a program where students in grades four through eight work on a project that is centered on civic engagement and social justice. And what they do is they they try to create change in their community. It's 100% student choice, 100% student driven. What the kids want to do, I make happen. And in this case, the topic that they wanted to deal with was gun violence. They wanted to find out how it affected their their classmates at the school uh, and and what could be done about it, and that was the the genesis. That was the reason why we went to Duckery. Why do you think it was gun violence that resonated with them? Well, it has affected so many of the students in the school. Miss Watts, Sarah Watts, the teacher in the fifth grade classroom, mentioned that so many students come into the class. Kids will come in sometimes tired, sometimes angry. They're angry. They're frustrated. Things that are uh, happening outside of here. And it could be for any number of reasons. But All of our kids are dealing with issues that you know we don't even fully can understand. One of them could be it's the manifestation of how they're internalizing all of the things they see outside the classroom, all the, the people in the community who have been killed, injured by gun violence. Oftentimes students will share stories with me, and a lot of it is just my role is just holding the space for them to know that our classroom is a safe space. I spoke with two fifth graders, Kaisha Oliver and Vanessa Perez. Do you want to go sit, Kaisha? Do you want to take my seat? They struck me by their maturity and and how articulate they were in describing how gun violence had affected uh, 
their classmates and themselves. Hi, Vanessa. Hey. Hi, Kaisha. How are you? Hi, I'm good. And how did you decide to tackle that issue? I want to know how guns existed. Like, why are they here? And, like, why are they needed? Why were you curious about that? I was curious because, like, I sometimes when I'm coming in, I see people upset and mad and just frustrated, and I wonder why. But um, I guess that when we took we um, decided to work on gun violence, it um, it all showed me why people were coming in the way they did. When you say people, you mean your classmates, your, your, your yes, your friends. Yes. Uh, how are they upset? How are they uh, either mad or upset? What would they do? They would, like, give their teacher attitude, and then they would threaten their friends, and it's just not nice to treat people like that. And all the while, you know, you think that something else is going on and something's bothering them, and that's why they're doing it. Mm-hmm. Their project was to survey all of the children in the school and find out how gun violence affected them. We took um, little stacks of surveys and we took them around for two grades, one through seven and eight, and they brought us back uh, all the surveys. And we took, um, we took some graph paper and we sorted out how many kids said yes, how many people said no, and how many students said I don't know. And then after that, we created these pie charts. The project ultimately resulted in a trifold, multicolored board uh, where they wrote out the, the the facts about gun violence, the results of their survey, the, the causes and, and obstacles they faced when, when they put this together. So the first question is, do you know anyone who has been hurt or killed by a gun? And the results were astounding. 87% of students said yes, they know someone who has been affected by gun violence. These kids, these fifth graders, 12 years old, they talked about it like it was very routine. In our grade, particularly, 87 87% of us said yes, which is the most out of all the grades. Had had gun violence affect them or uh, their families or their friends. 7% of us said, I don't know, and 8% of us said no. It's striking to me. The low end, 51% of the fourth graders had some brush with gun violence in their lives. So you could say the majority of kids in that school had gun violence affect their lives. And I think the most important piece of data for me was that every grade in our school um, stated that they knew somebody who had been affected, either hurt or killed by a gun. That has to play out in inattention in the classroom, in frustration, in acting out. Uh, And so that's part of the reason why this topic was chosen. As part of the project, they described the interviews that they did with their classmates, and Kaisha was telling yes, me that... Yes, we have made a binder of a bunch of different stories, and um, one of our fellow students went down to a first grader's class and asked the first grader to tell about someone who she knows has been hurt by gun violence, and so she was actually crying. Oh, my actually cried when she talked about her uncle being shot and killed, but her father... Here she is. It says, my uncle gets hit by a gun, gets hurt. He was in the hospital. He is not alive. And and my dad, he was not hurt. He is alive. And she was really upset because she misses her uncle now. A sixth grader uh, who was interviewed... Another about. one here we have 
It says, this is a sixth grader. She says, my dad was at work, so I went in his in his room to find my phone because he took it from me. That sixth grader went, it, went to look for the cell phone in some shoeboxes that she knew her dad had. He has like 1,100 shoeboxes, so I looked in them. Instead of finding my phone, I found a gun. And she took the gun? I looked at it for like two minutes, then I accidentally shot it out the window. window. That was my experience with the gun. There was another reason you went to this school when you did. Uh, I guess it was a, a kind of a cruel irony. Two days before the kids were supposed to give their presentation on gun violence. There was an incident. There was a lockdown in the school. It stemmed from a mother at the school who said her gun was missing and her eighth grade son may have taken it to school. Police showed up at the school with police dogs and uh, with their guns drawn and they were searching the school for a possible person with a gun inside the school. So it's something, of course, we prepare for. And the children had been drilled in this. So we just followed protocol. What they do is they move into a closet along the back wall. They lock the door. They turn off the lights. They stay away from the windows and they are quiet. And, you know, we just like relax. We just breathe and hang out and and enjoy the quiet. must be difficult to breathe and be quiet and be calm when something like that's going on and then the police are looking for something. I think it is. But so first of all, I mean, your kids are going to feed off your energy, right? So the second we begin to panic, our kids, you know, are are going to panic. So a lot of it is just assuring them we are, we are totally safe. We are in a classroom, you know, our door is locked. I'm here with you. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. And just kind of making sure that they know that. And from that point on, it's, it's, it becomes much easier. Police went door to door, knocking on each classroom, uh, and searched each classroom with police dogs. Ultimately, they did not find the gun. They did confiscate a BB gun, uh, but they did not find the gun that the, the mother had reported that her eighth grade son may have taken to school. This day, we were made aware that the, that there was not a, an immediate threat in the building. We do teach our students that it's a serious situation, but we also want them to know that, like, you're totally fine. I, no matter what, we will protect you. And I don't think that they ever doubted that. Last week, when there was the lockdown, were you here in class? Mm-hmm. Uh, what happened? Were you scared? Yeah, I was a little frightened because I didn't really know what was going on at the moment. So that made me a little frightened. Did you have uh, faith and confidence that Miss Watts would keep you safe? Yeah, I had a lot of it. Because you've been through this before? Because you've talked about it? and, and... Yep. Even though it might be extraordinary to you or me, they had been through this before, and it was something that they were used to. As a matter of fact, the principal said that counselors were brought into the school uh, the next day, but very few of the students had taken advantage of the counseling to talk about the experience because the lockdown drill was so routine to them. If you go to question two, Vanessa, you want to do question two? Uh, sure. 
The question two says, do you think there should be more police officers with guns in school? Us fifth graders, we said 75% said no, 90% said yes, and 6% said I don't know. I think Um, And for the third question, it says, do you think less people should own guns? Our grade has 73% yes, 7% I don't know, and 20% no. Some of our goals and obstacles are to gather information about how gun violence has affected students at our school, which is what this shows, to learn facts about gun violence in Philadelphia and the United States, which these two graphs are showing, and to educate kids about gun violence and raise awareness about this issue. Our obstacles are time, dealing with our own gun scare lockdown while we were working on our project. So many guns, yet so little time, and our main goal is to stop gun violence. Wow, very, very good. Articulate. All right, let's let Mr. Collins talk now. That was yeah. a very nice presentation. It was a very nice presentation. I don't think I can stand up on that one. Your first name is? David. David. Yes. Mike Dinardo, good to meet you. Nice to meet you. Um, how long have you been the principal here? This is year, year four. Things getting better? Yes. Good to hear. Yes. Yep. While I was in the classroom, uh, we talked with David Cohen, who was the principal at Duckery. When you look at what these kids found in your school, uh, what jumps out at you? Hey, I don't want to use a phrase sad, but it's disturbing that um, guns are such a, a big part of their lives. And it's something they need to think about every day. They have to think, think about that outside of school, on the walk home to school, and unfortunately every now and then inside school. So, yeah, that's a major, it's a major barrier in the way of, of academics and learning. I must say one zillion times a day, this is a classroom. It is <laughs> it is safe for you. I'm here for you. I love you. I care about you. And that's what I think we have going on strong here is we build a team of people that care about kids. That's the reason that we're here. And that's that's kind of how we, we form the foundation for learning is just knowing that we're safe in this room. And the foundation for learning is? I believe safety. I believe knowing that you're cared about, knowing that you're, you're wanted in a classroom, um, you know, my students know that even if I'm frustrated at them, it's always coming from a place of care, concern. I hope they know that. The lockdown reinforced to them that they were safe, that they did what Ms. Watts told them to do. Um, they were quiet. They hid away from the door. They locked the door. They turned off the lights. They, they followed the routine, and they were safe. And that can only build more trust. I mean, I, I believe that they trusted their teacher already implicitly, but this only fostered more trust. Um, did everything go according to the drills that you, I'm assuming, do? And do you think that the kids were changed at all by that experience? Everything went well with the drill as far as the timing that we found out that there may be a gun in the school. Um, kids were in their rooms, they were quiet, and when the cops came in, they actually said that this was one of the best schools that they've seen when the drills are going on. The following day, we had guidance counselors here from other schools. We had people from the University of Temple to meet with kids that we felt really were hurt. Um, but I, I was glad that they weren't hurt as I, I was glad that many weren't hurt but actually shocked that it didn't hit home as much and when you look at this chart here it's clear of kind of why because there's a lot going on outside of these walls that involve guns close to and near their homes 
there's been a lot of times where we hear the news and I read about the news and folks have been shot very close to the school. How would you like to see this information used? I would like to see it used in like some newspapers or magazines to show people how much students as us as students care about gun violence. It's not fair to the kids. They're here, they're here to learn, they're here to have fun, they're here to play and they shouldn't be impacted by grown-ups that can't seem to figure it out. My students are really leading the way. I had, I want to be very clear, I had very little to do with this project. I really just made the boat and then they sailed it across the ocean pretty much. And I think that if they keep going, they can absolutely change the world. Like every day I greet my students at the door and say, I'm so happy you're here today. And I feel like throughout this project, it's been a lot more of like, I really, I really care about you and I really love you. And I'm so happy to hear your voice. And I'm so happy that you're talking. I'm so happy you're able to share your story. So as much as that was always in place, hearing it has, has created a shift into so much respect for them. It's just so much care and compassion and respect. Sarah Watts told me that the kids teach her about resilience. My profession has taught me how truly resilient our children here are in Philadelphia, and I wish I could take that from them and take the pain from them, but um, they've actually taught me so much about that. That's what struck me about these kids, that when they walk outside the door of the school every day, who knows what dangers may confront them, but in the when they go into the classroom, they still want to learn and they're genuinely curious and they genuinely want to succeed. I mean, they're really hard not to care about. They're so amazing and they are deserving of even way more than I can give them, like 5 million percent more than I can give them. So I feel like once you get into these schools and you realize how great the kids are, it's impossible not to care. Mike, where can people listening to the podcast follow what you're up to online? They can follow me on Twitter at underscore Mike DiNardo. That's D-E-N-A-R-D-O. Or, of course, you can tune into KYW News Radio 1060 on the old-fashioned radio. Those are the only places you can find me, Tom, really. <laughs> or, or in front of the TV watching the MLB Network. <laughs> All right. And that's it for this week's show. Today's episode was produced and edited by Charlotte Reese. She made the trailer for this episode, too. Check it out and follow us on Twitter at ScrollDownPod. Charlotte's on Twitter at CReese28. You can find me at T-Rick, T-E-E-R-I-C-K. Thanks for listening to Scroll Down. We'll talk to you again next time. Hey, everybody. It's Cherry Gregg here. You may know me around town as KYW News Radio's community affairs reporter. But every week, I produce and host Flashpoint, a podcast where we highlight the hot topics in Philadelphia, local newsmakers and changemakers burning things up in our region. From gerrymandering to gender equality and policing in schools, we'll walk you through the flames on Flashpoint. It's available wherever you downloaded this podcast that you're listening to now. So subscribe. Thanks so much.